Welcome back to the program, one 1170 That is the open line number. Keep those text messages coming in as well. We've got live cricket going on at the moment. We've also got the start of the BBL tomorrow, which we're all excited about the international season not too far around. Lots going on, certainly away from the cricket field. Let's check uh, check in with Code Sports cricket writer Daniel Cherney. He's on the line. G'day, Daniel. Uh, g'day, Jimmy. Good to be with you. Yeah, thanks for your time today, mate. Just on this Mitchell Johnson, David Warner slash George Bailey slash the world brouhaha that we've had over the course of the last um, three or four days, it felt like there was a bit of a saturation point for our listeners yesterday. Have you got the same sense of that, that people are prepared to move on? However, you keep getting fresh material. Yeah, look, it is one of those stories. I think in part it probably has to do with the fact that, look, on paper, this is not the most appetising of test summers. We've got Pakistan, who are now in action against the Prime Minister's 11. Uh, this uh, on, what are we today, Wednesday, in Canberra. Uh, but, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not so uh, exciting compared to, say, an Ashes series or an in India, and the Pakistani players probably aren't as well-known and realistically unexpected to, to go as well as, uh, as some other opponents and, and um, still probably better than the West Indies will later in the summer but yeah, yeah look it, it has dragged on probably when, when, you know the column first came on online on Saturday night so we're now into sort of day four or five whichever way you want to look at it of, uh, of this issue so yeah it has dragged on but um, by the same token you know that they are big names and uh, and there are little fresh plot twists that, that add to the intrigue so uh, and, and you know Johnson's obviously had a couple of bites of the cherry now <clears throat> David Warner's due to speak later in the week at a promotional event uh, Candace is, um, you know, a, a very public figure as well. So uh, it's just one of these ones where that there are these these elements that keep keep popping up. Yeah, and you've revealed it a couple of times in articles that you've done during the course of this week. That new material that come in, and all of a sudden you go, oh, hang on, there were text <laughs> messages um, that went earlier this year between Mitchell Johnson and and George Bailey and and David Warner, and then adds a, a layer of intrigue to it as well. And it almost, that point you make around the test series is a good one because in many ways it it goes to the heart of what the real issue is. And and in essence, the real issue is should David Warner be in this test side and be uh, given a, a send-off at the SCG? And, and in many ways, that's the heart of it. And because this Pakistan series is not perceived to be as competitive as perhaps an India or England series, then that is why we saw a, a more compliant with Dave Warner playing these final three test matches. Do you, you, you agree with that statement? Uh, oh, look, not necessarily. Look, I, I'm not convinced that Warner wouldn't be playing if, if, say, it was India here this summer. I think in large, for instance, or, or if it was England, I mean, we just had a series against England and India for that matter in the last 12 months. So, um, you know, rare that you'd play them uh, that frequently. Uh, look, I think there's an argument to say that if it was... Um, that, 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 you know, if anything, the fact that it's a sort of a softer summer, it probably suggests that you should be getting, um, you know, probably if, you, if you're weighing these things up, suggests that you would lean towards bringing in a new player for, for a sort of softer landing um, rather than, uh, so if, they, if it doesn't work out, there's, there's less at stake rather than throwing in a <clears throat> Cameron Bancroft, you know, to be fair, Bancroft, Renshaw and Harris obviously have all played a fair bit of test cricket, so you're throwing, you're not throwing complete newbies in, but uh, you know, rather than throwing them on the back of not having played much for Australia in a while into into an Ashes or a Border Gabaska Trophy um, series. So, 
Look, I'm not convinced that that's actually a factor that's played into Warner's favour. I think ultimately it's just one of these situations where he has, while not certainly not set the world on fire, he's not been completely abject either. He was, you know, actually, if you look on what he did in England, um, he was, you know, he was not great, but he he did make a couple of fifties. Um, did get usually got starts, just didn't really go on with it. Don't get me wrong, it was not a fantastic, not a great series by any stretch, but it wasn't as though he was a, a complete debacle either. It wasn't so he was a walking wicket. It wasn't like he was getting out for single figure scores every every time he went out there. He had one poor test, one particularly poor test at uh, at Headingley. So, but I think look, Harris has been the one that they've been most keen, or, or been the, the one the next cab off the rank. Clearly, you know, he's, he's the guy who ultimately was was in the side opening with Warner before Kawaja floated in on the back of that um, that Travis Head COVID diagnosis in late 2021, early 2022, and that changed really the dynamic of the side significantly from there. Um, but he just hasn't hasn't done quite enough. He's been you know, hit and miss um, in domestic cricket since then. Renshaw has been okay without being absolutely brilliant. And then Bancroft has been by far the, the pick of those three, but he's also not, you know, he's probably coming from the furthest back had the most most ground to make up. So, you know, I think he's now just about edged his way into the, the number one seed and, and clearly it'll be critical to see how all three of them go uh, this week. I mean, the one, you know, that they clearly would have wanted to, to, to be right is Will Pukowski, but um, he just hasn't played consistent cricket enough. He's got bigger issues at hand. And, um, and you know, even then when he's played this summer, he hasn't hasn't dominated by any stretch either. So there's, there's no perfect scenario there Uh and I think that's, that's all played into Warner's hands. Plus, he had a very good one-day World Cup, which, while the selectors say they, they try to keep the format separately, I mean, clearly it couldn't have hurt that he played so well. Yeah, no, it, good point. A good point around the Ashes, too. So, in summary about Dave, Dave Warner's Ashes campaign, wasn't very good, but was twice as good as his previous Ashes campaign in England. So, if we could, if we could leave it at that, um, uh, that's what the numbers tell us. I thought it was really interesting... Um, He's so open with what he says, Usman Kawaja. Hell no was his thought of a response from Manus Labuschagne about opening. So are we even looking at Cam Green as an option to come into that middle order and you push push Manus to, to open up? What, you know, if someone does push back against that, what do we see as a response from George Bailey and Andrew McDonald? Yeah, I should I should also I think you talk about Warner's uh, 2019 actually was so bad that this year he was actually probably three times better I think if you look at the run. But, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but right. to uh, no no to, to answer answer the question, um, it was really interesting because Andrew McDonald did that interview with Jared Whateley on SEN uh, early last week I believe it was days of sort of um, all jumbling up but I think it was early last week when he said that they would you know seriously considering bringing Cam Green into the side. Um, and, and playing him alongside Mitch Marsh, having the two all-rounders. I think it is worth noting that I don't think they'll be getting as many overs out of Mitch Marsh as they would out of Cameron Green ordinarily, which does just change the dynamic. It's not completely like-for-like. But, yep. um, you know, leaving that to one side, Kawaja's comments were interesting. He is, as you touched on, forthright, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, usually doesn't pull, doesn't pull many punches. Um, look... Ultimately, these guys, and we've seen with Steve Smith during the World Cup when he referred to bat at three, but ultimately, and, and said that publicly, but ultimately, you know, he, he was he was willing to bat four, prepared to bat four um, for, for the betterment of the team, and guys have been willing to bat out of position. So it's one thing for, for Kawaja to come out and say that. You know, has he, whether he's spoken in depth with Labuschagne about it, who knows? Things can change very quickly. There are other options as well, though. I mean, look, you know... Yes, these positions are important, but Marsh has opened a lot 
um, in, in white ball cricket. So he would be an option. Travis Head, uh, a bit like Marnus, like I'd be, you'd be reluctant to move someone who's going as well as they are in their current role, but that, that is potentially an option. Even something radical like, uh, like moving Alex Carey, who has also opened one-day cricket up to the top of the order to sort of try to be a bit of a, um, a counter-attacking opener alongside Kawaja. Um, and, the, and the other question here is that in the long run, you know, Kawaja, who knows how long he has to go, and maybe he gets the next summer against India, and, you know, you're reluctant mm. to write guys off when they're still going well. But the reality is that sooner rather than later, you'd think we will have not just one opening vacancy with David Warner, you'll have two. And this is where there should be real hope, even if, you know, they do pair the two all around us to start with. There should still be plenty of hope for Harris, Bancroft, Brentshaw, and then even the next generation of openers or, or, or batters coming through that spots will open up. Steve Smith's much closer to the end than the beginning too. Um, yeah. So you, you and the, you know the bowling is also obviously you know some, some older guys there. So there, there are a lot of considerations here, but I think in short, um, you know there there are going to be vacancies and and things could move quicker than you might expect. BBL starts tomorrow night. You got all the coverage across SEN of that. In in saying that, I, I get the sense and the the teams aren't happy that they're missing out on Australian contracted players and players playing in this. PM's 11 game, uh, it feels like given the reduction in the number of games, Daniel, that every game counts and that's going to provide us with really highly competitive cricket throughout the course of the BBL summer. Yeah, for sure. It, it's sort of, I think there's been a, a long to, a long time appetite for this to, to go back. It's, it's funny to sort of track the, the evolution of the BBL. I mean, it started out, um, it was bait-based big bash way back, uh, almost two yeah. decades ago now. It's hard to believe it's gone so quickly, but uh, and then when it first started 13 years ago, 12, 12 summers ago, you had uh, seven games. They just decided to play each other once. And then I think they moved it to eight the following season. And then you sort of had the, the double up with, uh, with, with derbies. And then it pushed out. And it, that was sort of going so well that they pushed it out to 10. And then eventually to 14 under the, under the new broadcast, or the landmark broadcast rights deal with, with Fox and, and Seven. And look, that was... The, and I think, you know, it was, it was trending upwards um, in those early years, and you remember that 80,000 they got to the MCG for the Stars Renegades, and they were routinely packing out Adelaide Oval, and, and you know, there were really good yeah. crowds really everywhere around the country. Uh, but just for whatever reason, it, it just sort of reached a, a bu- the bubble burst, and I think there were multiple reasons. Uh, you had so many games, it stretched, you know, that, that scarcity theory really ran through, and you know, once there were enough games, people, you know, it was just spread thin, so games were either being played at non friendly time, so it's stretching well into February or, or, or into December or also in the early part of December, so non-school holiday periods. Alternatively, you know, you had, you had, you had, you had games being played in, in on weekday afternoons or, or, or even during the COVID year in the mornings in some cases. And it just wasn't that, it wasn't that sort of much wa- must-watch primetime spectacular that it, uh, I think it had been at its best probably eight or nine years or seven, eight, nine years ago now. So... Yeah. Look, they've pushed back to the 10 games even a year ahead of schedule because the 10 games under the new uh, team, under the new broadcast rights deal, which doesn't actually start until next summer, so they expedited that. The problem this summer is because of the World Cup, you've, uh, the, the test summer starts later, and, and those five T20s in India, which just, you know, no one really wanted, but the, the, five, um, the, 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 the BBL, uh, the test summer, of course, starts next week. Um, and because it's in, you've got this test in Perth, there's going to be this long break where there's no BBL played. So just, but I'm, so you, it, it has to start early. Um, you've got fewer games, but it's not actually any more compact. So it starts, and they'll have this sort of 
I'll try to get some momentum early and then it's going to, it's going to stop and they're going to have to try to start again. Uh, so yeah. um, oh, look, it, it, you're not going to get a lot of the Australian players playing this summer. We've already seen Nathan Lyon ruled out, uh, Scott Boland ruled out the Melbourne Stars tomorrow night, which is, you know, interesting given he, he probably won't even play in the first test and, and his side's first game is, and, and even so the test is seven days away. So you're effectively resting a guy for a match he might probably won't even play and you know, not, not allowing a bowl four overs when he's a pretty popular player. Yes. Um, so there's, there's a lot of conflict here with the competition. It's jammed in, you know, it's, it's CA, that they, they want it to succeed, but there are a lot of things counting against it, both globally and, uh, and at home. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, we are excited about it. There's no, you get home, you're 7.30, you flick on the telly and there's a bit of live sport going on and it's highly competitive. It, it is um, very hard to say no to. Thank you for saying yes to us today, Daniel Cherney from Code Sport. We do appreciate it. Have a great day, mate. No worries, Jimmy.